I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 120 in which we get fused and I'm recording this on Saturday, March 30th, 2013. I want to say thank you so much for listening before I start saying anything else. So thanks for listening. Um, it does actually seem like you're going to get this. I got my own test podcast that I posted a couple of hours ago to make sure the feed was still working. So hopefully we're good to go. A little bit more about that in a minute if you haven't seen any tweets or blog posts or anything from me lately to understand why I might even question my podcast feed. I'm going to start out this episode with a little bit of a creative bites and then an announcement and then most of this is going to be Sandy update in which I will be talking a little bit about fusing um, and a little bit about technology and a little bit about a couple of other things and then I'll do some listener feedback. First of all, creative bites. I want to talk about artist dates. Um, I have been working my way through over the last couple of years, actually. Well, probably not quite that long. Year and some. Um, the Julia Cameron is the writer of a book called The Artist's Way, and then she actually she also wrote two successive books after that. I have them all in a one-volume book, so I can't remember anything other than the title of the first book, which is The Artist's Way. But I'm about a little better than halfway through the second book. And these are, um, they're basically exercises or, well, they start out with essays kind of that you then have exercises worked within on creativity. Um, and I found it very, very helpful as I've been working through kind of finding my voice, figuring out what direction I want my own quilting to go and some other artistic endeavors in my life, that kind of thing. One of the things she talks about a lot. I mean, she says this every, this is something she thinks you should be doing every week is going on an artist date with yourself. She really recommends you go by yourself, not with somebody else, because the idea is that you really absorb for yourself and you can move at your own pace and you're not worrying about other people's opinions. You're just kind of focused on your own. Um, it can be going to a museum, it can be going to an exhibit or whatever, but it might also be t just taking your sketchbook on a walk or going to listen to some great music whatever you need to um, refill your creative tank, as it were. Um, I actually, for me, a lot of times my quilting does kind of become my artist date. It sort of depends on what I'm focusing on in any one given week. If I'm really focusing on my quilting as my major creative outlet for some period of time, then other things become my artist date. If, however, I'm focusing on other things for some period of time, then quilting becomes my artist date. It sort of depends on, on where my head is at. Um, but what I look at them as is doing something... Well, how do I explain this? I don't have a problem with going to a quilt show as an artist date to, because of my quilting. You know, obviously you get inspiration and, and you see different kinds of ideas and things, but I want to look for something that's going to make me think differently. So for my artist dates, I do tend to prefer to do something having to do with um, painted art paintings or sculpture or music, something that's not quilting, because it just makes me then look at my quilting that much differently. Whereas if I go to a quilt show, I tend to be more focused on technique, the, the hows of, why, of what, how something was done rather than the whys or the how is this going to change my own thinking or feeling, not so much, gee, I really need to learn that technique. I'm probably not explaining it well, but hopefully you're with me. Um, the reason this is kind of in my head is on Friday, uh, yesterday, I guess that was just yesterday. Boy, it feels like longer ago than that already. Um, I had Good Friday off. It was Good Friday and um, working for a religious organization. I did have Good Friday off. And first thing in the morning, I was um, doing my writing and my journaling and was kind of thinking about what do I most want to do today. I hadn't really had firm plans other than the fact that I wanted to do something quilty related. I kind of assumed that would be sewing. 
Well, I suddenly realized there is a fiber arts um, exhibition that has been going on for the last, I think, about three months. And it actually officially ends today. And I had never gotten to it. And I knew that the gallery that this was exhibited in was pretty near my BFF BQF Kate's house. So I gave her a quick call Friday morning um, as soon as I knew you know, her, she would be done with kid stuff in the morning and said, hey, any chance whatsoever you're free anytime today to go to that exhibit with me. And she kind of thought through her schedule. She goes, yeah, sure, I could take this afternoon. So um, she had some stuff she had to get done in the morning, but I drove over there and met her a little bit after, it was probably around one thirty, and we went to the exhibit. Now she had already been there twice because it is literally right down the street from her house. <laughs> so she had already been there a couple times before. And she did tell me, by the way, it's a very small exhibit. It won't take us long. I'm like, I'm good with that. So it really was a very small exhibit. <laughs> And it didn't take us long, probably yeah, 15, 20 minutes to go through it. Um, very, it was some wonderful stuff. I mean, there wasn't anything in there that I just didn't like at all or, you know, offended me or made me angry or anything. It was all very, very nicely done. There was some stuff that wowed me a little bit more than others. Um, but it was really interesting. And, and some techniques I just couldn't figure out just from looking at them. Um, but more looking at, again, I was looking at everything more from a design standpoint, less from a technique standpoint. And so that was really wonderful. And for me, that was my outer state, even though I was there with somebody else. Um, she really, because she had been there twice before, she sort of hung back a little bit and kind of let me um, lead the way and kind of look at what I needed to look at. And she was still even seeing things in some of these pieces that she hadn't noticed the first two times she went. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then she decided, she said, hey, you want to go for a cocktail? I'm like, sure, <laughs> so, in the middle of the day, which is so unusual. Um, you know, we went and, and just had one drink sitting out on the patio of a restaurant. Mind you, here in our neck of the woods, it only has to be about 40 degrees for us to decide <laughs> to sit outside on the patio at this time of year. You know, once in a while, the sun would peek through. That was enough for me. And this restaurant was right on a river, a smallish river, um, that the, this town is an old mill town. And so um, the exhibit gallery was actually in an old mill that has now been reconverted into a, um, there's kind of a part-time restaurant. They only, they're only open a couple days a week, but they do a lot of special events on the first floor. And then the second floor is this gallery space plus um, some workshops where they do art classes back in the kind of back side of it. And then there was something else going on upstairs, but I didn't go upstairs to see what was up there. It was probably more offices and that kind of thing. And a wonderful little gift shop called, shoot, I didn't write down the name of it, Tulula's something. And I should have written it down because they were featured in the magazine Where Women Create, um, I think last May's issue. June's issue, something like that in 2012. Beautiful little shop. And yes, I did buy some stuff, but that's not what I want to talk about today. Um, it was, it was just a nice change of pace for me. It was a nice way to see some different work that I had not seen before. Um, all local artists, obviously, and some names I recognized um, from various guilds and things like that. But it was just really, it was inspirational and, and it just made me think. So you know, if if you do have the chance to go to a museum on a Saturday afternoon or go to an art gallery or go to a special photography exhibit or um, a, a jazz concert, I, I don't care what it is. Or like I said, if you're taking a walk in the woods with your sketchbook, these are all things that sort of help us think differently um, about our creativity. And so I'd really encourage you to do that. Um, you know, if a cocktail's involved, more the better. So anyway, um, that's my creative bites for the day. Just see if you can get out there and, and feed your artistic soul by seeing what's going on out there. Announcements. Um, my only announcement is that I don't quite yet have an announcement. I did celebrate my third year podcast anniversary on March 28th, I believe is the official date. Um, and I've got two sponsors for giveaways. Um, one of them, I know exactly what it is. The other one, still working out the details, so I'm not quite wanting to officially announce it until I see what it is I'll be giving away. Um, hopefully that'll be within the next week, so that by the time I post my next episode, I will be able to actually launch the giveaway. I can tell you, though, 
it's really good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so keep posted. Sandy update. I'm going to talk about fun stuff first and then a little bit less fun stuff. The fun stuff is I am working on my Laura Wazalowski class on Craftsy. That's the one that's hand-stitched collage quilts. The one I talked about in my last episode, maybe two episodes ago, about doing the class along because several of us are doing it. Um, I got probably better than halfway done with the fusing on the first project. I have This is rare for me. Normally when I get a craftsy class, I sit and watch all of the episodes all the way through. Episodes? All of the lectures? All of, what do you call them? Sessions? Lessons? I guess they're lessons. All of the lessons all the way through before I go, and then I go back and I start the first one. This one I just sort of launched into. <laughs> I, just, I watched the first lesson oh, maybe two or three times before I started doing it over because I've owned it. It's been in my queue for now a couple of months now. And so periodically I would kind of watch that first lesson. And so that's the only one I've really watched. I have not sat and watched them all ahead. And now I'm kind of feeling like <laughs> I want to. So she gives patterns for three different projects. or she gives the designs for three projects. But I don't know right now offhand whether the lessons then, you know, walk you through all of those projects. It does... Um, it goes through the fusing part of it relatively quickly because fusing in and of itself is not all that hard to figure out. I will say I've done a fair amount of fusing before. I'm not the fusing queen that Tanisha at Crafty Garden Mom is, <laughs> but I am, you know, I've done some fusing. I will say, boy, it makes a difference when you actually do know what you're doing. I mean, she's given in the class, um, Laura Wazowski is just even just a couple of little tips about the way she does them. I'm like, Wow, that does make that a lot easier. Um, even to how she removes how she removes the release paper off the back of the fusible, which is something I've always had problems with. Um, and I did it her way, and bingo, bingo, there it was. It was done. <laughs> so, and little things about timing and um, how to set your iron and all that kind of stuff, which it's just good when a lot of times when you've taught yourself something, and you've been pulling information from a variety of sources you don't always go about it the easiest way. And that's what I was finding is that the way I had gone about it, I was sort of making life a little bit hard for myself. <laughs> and so now it's so much easier. I wish I could say that about the rest of my life, but you know, at least the fusing is going well. So boy, I'm going to hang on to what's going well with my teeth. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun. It does go very quickly because again, you're fusing. So, you know, I've got a, a very usable project right now. I could, you know, finish it embellish it and call it a day but I am going to keep kind of poking away at it I'm I did decide to cut myself some slack and instead of you know using her techniques but coming up with my entire new design for this first time I'm really basically doing her design now I am I've got different colors because I'm using my own hand dyed fabrics which is the fun part of it is I'm actually using all my own hand dyes um, but you know so I'm changing up the colors I'm changing up some shapes and stuff which she encourages you to do you know it's all free form and so you just sort of start cutting away at the fabric and make what you want to do. Um, but for the most part, you know, my design is going to look eh, pretty similar to hers. But I'm okay with that because right now I'm just sort of getting used to her process, her tips. And as I'm doing this, I am thinking through in my head all of these other quilt designs I've always had. That now I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I can probably just slap that down with some fusing and be good to go. Um so I don't know if she does do these other two projects. I don't know if I will specifically do the other two projects. On the other hand, one of them has a pudgy bird in it. And I am a sucker for a pudgy bird. <laughs> so I don't know. I might do the pudgy bird one. Um, I will be posting pictures in the blog, um, for in my blog, and also in my Flickr group. And those of you who are also doing the class along, doing the Laura Wazlowski class, I do encourage you to also post your pictures. Um, this is not something that, you know, it's not like the mystery quilt where we can't reveal. I'm just going to go ahead and post pictures in progress and encourage you to do so as well. Um, because I'm doing this class, uh, Laura uses Pelon 805 is her fusible of choice. And I've messed around with a few different fusibles. I've used Misty Fuse as one that I've used a lot. Um, but I did have some Pelon 805 in my uh, stash, I guess is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just blanked for a minute there. Um, I had some Pelon 805 in a drawer in my sewing room. And so I pulled it out and used it. 
And I don't know if I hadn't used it before or if I just hadn't done it right. It worked like a dream. It's the easiest fusible to use that I have used. Misty Fuse is great for other types of applications. And, you know, what this goes to show is that you really need to test out just about every product out there. <laughs> so, so go forth and buy. Um, <laughs> you need to test everything out because different things work better for different applications. And so if you've got in your tool set oh, I remember this type of fusible really does this kind of thing well, or this type of fusible has a different kind of hand or or whatever, then whatever project you approach goes. Um, you know, Laura Wazilowski uses 805 pretty exclusively for her type of projects, but she did reference, you know, I use Misty Fuse for other things, and so she even has kind of different things she uses. So do test it all out. Um, I did, on the other hand, buy a bolt of Pellon 805 after I ran out of what I'd already had in my stash. And I have to once again say thank you to Nisha at Crafty Garden Mom Podcast for planting that thought in my head. Um, she had mentioned at one point that she bought it by the bolt when we got talking about it. And then I realized I had a 50% off coupon from Joanne. So I shot up there yesterday on my way over to meet my friend Katie and bought a bolt. And I Oof, I bought a couple other things at the same time, but if I remember at 50% off, it was a bolt of 20 yards and it cost me about 20 bucks and you cannot get much better than that. Um, so now I can, you know, fuse to my heart's content for a while. I think it was 20 yards. I'd have to look. I'm sorry. Tanisha, you've bought enough bolts. How many yards are on a bolt? I'd have to look at sitting across the room. In any case, I am ready to become. I'm going to start, I think... Um, competing with Tanisha for the Fusing Queen title. Hmm. How can we turn this into a, a race, a competition? Ah, I'll have to think about that. Anyway, um, I am what I'm really looking forward to out of this class, though, is the embellishment part. It's not called Fusing Collage Quilts. It's called Hand Stitch Collage Quilts. And she's actually going through the fusing part pretty fast. So what she's really going to be focusing on, I suspect, again, I have not looked ahead, but is going to be the embellishment parts. The um, She has a lot of embroidery stitches included in the class material, so you do a lot of embroidery stitches to embellish your work. Um, I, don't, I don't think she doesn't necessarily does anything with beading or anything like that on this, but that's obviously another step you could take. And I've been kind of itching to do some embroidery. I, I've really only ever done a blanket stitch, um, and I've done a lot of blanket stitch, but I haven't really done other embroidery stitches, so I'm kind of, I'm jazzed about that. I'm looking forward to getting that part, so um, plus I really need something I can work on while I'm sitting in front of the TV with my family. Otherwise, I tend to be a bit isolated from them. All right, so that's where I'm at with the Craftsy class. It, it's a hoot. I'm I am enjoying it. Laura Wazilowski is a very good teacher and she's entertaining. I mean, she's not laugh a minute. I'm not, you know, laughing until my sides split as I'm watching this class. But um, she's got some personality, which is always nice <laughs> in a teacher. And so I am enjoying that. Plus, I started following her blog, which is artfabric.com, I believe. And fabric is spelled with a K instead of a C. And I really enjoy her blog. She mostly, you know, she's kind of just updating on various projects she's doing. But it's nice to see her further work and again get ideas for things I might do in the future so if you get a chance to follow her blog too I would I would recommend that less fun stuff those of you who do um, hang out on Twitter have heard me whining complaining gnashing teeth not so much recently I've tried to stop whining complaining and gnashing of teeth <laughs> the last few days because I don't want to get I don't want to get a reputation um, I did decide uh, Podbean, which is where my um, podcast is hosted and my show notes have always been, they changed the way they do comments and they created this thing in which you had to have a Facebook account in order to leave a comment and that just ticked me off to no end. Now here's the thing, I don't want to go through the, the mess of changing my podcast feed because I suspect that will be a mess, and it might even mean I would have to actually stop my podcast in iTunes, change it up, rehost it from somewhere else, and then potentially lose subscribers. So at this point, I am not making that move, and I'm giving myself some more time to kind of make some further decisions I have to make before I make, take that step. So nothing has changed in terms of iTunes. However, 
I have moved my podcast and my blog, my podcast show notes, let me be clear, my podcast show notes and my blog are now under one roof, which is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. But I had been hesitating to do it because what I really wanted was my blog and my podcast to be on two separate pages, two separate feeds, but all accessible at the same domain. And I finally was able to make that work, um, mostly because Podbean ticked me off. And so that that was sort of the catalyst to get me to make this change. So now my um, my domain name, quiltingfortherestofus.com, now points to a new website, and that website has both my blog and my podcast show notes in one place. Um, my blog was working fine on Blogger, but some things about Blogger have started to irritate me in the last few years. So I've been kind of toying with, do I move my blog? Do I go here? Do I go there? What do I do? But because I wanted to have my podcast and blog under one roof, I really wasn't ready to just move my blog and still have the same problem. So I was kind of hesitating on that. Um, and I never really liked the way my Podbean show notes worked, even before they did this nonsense with the evil overlord of Facebook. Um, so anyway, I, I did find a, a website host that allowed me to do everything I wanted to do. It's Squarespace, which doesn't really matter to you. But what it does mean is when you go to quiltingfortherestofus.com, you will see a blog page and it has an RSS feed for that blog page. So you can put that RSS feed in Feedly or Blogloven or wherever you're, whatever you're using now to um, control your blog feeds. And then if you click on the page that says podcast, that's a second, it's essentially another blog. That's the show notes for my podcast. And that also has its own feed that you can put in Feedly or Blogloven if you prefer to listen to podcast on the computer or download it or if you use some other feed or whatever, some other podcatcher. If you subscribe to my podcast through iTunes, hear me again, nothing has changed. You will continue to get it through iTunes. It's just the show notes that have changed. Um, I have shut down comments on the Podbean site, so you can't even get in there. The one thing that I have not been able to make happen, all of my blog has now been imported into the new blog page. So you can go back in time I have yet to put a search tool on there. That's coming. <laughs> I will get to it. Um, but you can go back through time and find all my old blog entries. They're all on the new blog site. The show notes for from Podbean, they don't give them up quite so easily. <laughs> so I'm still working on moving my old episode show notes. But any episodes that I'm posting from here on in, the show notes will be on the new site. Um, so... If for some reason you try to go to show notes for the old Podbean site, you're going to get redirected to the new site. I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that right now. I am still working on that. Um, so you won't find show notes for old episodes at the moment. I am hoping within the next couple of weeks that will be fixed. Um, if you go to Blogger for whatever reason, I don't even know why you would, you know, again, you're going to get redirected. So just go in, take a minute if you can do me a favor and go to the new site. And if you need to change the feed for the blog, um, you can find it there. Um, and there's all sorts of other wonderful things at the, the new site as well to check out. And I am still playing with it. You know, it takes you a while to live with a website before you decide what you really do want to keep on the sidebar and what, what you can do without and what might need to be added and that kind of thing. I am going to be adding a search tool. That much I know. Just haven't had time. Um, the other thing you can do is you can subscribe to the blog, not the podcast yet, but you can subscribe to the blog by email. Um, and it's set up through MailChimp. So if you see the words MailChimp, that's why that is. And I've got it set up so it goes out once a day. So you will only get an email once a day, even if I happen to write five posts in a single day. <laughs> Apparently I've quit my job and that's all I'm doing is sitting around writing blog posts. If that's what I do, you will still only get one email. If I don't write a blog post, you won't get an email. So it's it only sends out if you get an email um, or if I actually write a blog post. Right now I've got it set up so that you can read the whole blog post in the email. It's, it's not something where it gives you an excerpt and force, forces you to click through. The problem with that is if I use a gallery or a slideshow of photos in a blog post, 
it doesn't maintain the gallery or the slideshow in the email. It just throws all the pictures in there one after another in a long stream. So you're scrolling, 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 scrolling. I'm still kind of toying with seeing if there's a way I can fix that. I'm not sure if there is, um, because again, it's, it's all through MailChimp. But I am toying with that. That's just to let you know, I know that's happening. I don't think I'll be using the gallery or the slideshow tools that often, because most of my blog posts I have one, two, three pictures. I don't have 15 or 20. This last week I had a couple that had a lot of pictures. That's partly because I was kind of playing with the functions in the new website and trying to see how different things would work and how they'd appear in various, you know, like the email. Um, but that's not typical for me, so you won't have to deal with it very often. Um, and I am still working on all the links I used to have set up to networked blogs in Facebook and Twitter and all of that. I just, I ran out of time. You know, in all of this, my work life is still completely frenetic. Um, so I've been, other than last weekend when I spent most of the weekend on this, during the week I have maybe 20 minutes a day, you know, that I can kind of go in there and poke at a couple things. So from here on in, it might take me a little bit longer to get at various things. Um, some of you, when you left comments when I first launched the new website, um, had some issues with it asking you to sign in to various accounts. You can sign in through Facebook if you want. You can also sign in through Discus, I think, and through um, Google. And there was another, and I don't remember what it is. Um, but I have since changed that. So now you can sign in as, essentially as a guest. You do not have to use a, an account in order to um, post a comment. You can just straight up post a comment. You'll still have to plug in your email because it still wants to make sure you're not a bot or spam. Um, but as long as you can prove you're not a bot or spam, then you should be good to go. So that, that has been fixed. So if you had a problem the first time, please go back and try again. Um, okay, what else have I been doing? That's, that's enough technology for now because, you know, it makes my stomach hurt. Um, <laughs> Feedly. And I just downloaded another app on my iPad, um, which is really pretty cool. It's called, let me look it up quick, because I think I've only got part of the name written down here. It is called Flick Stacker, F-L-I-C-K-S-T-A-C-K-R. It's a Flickr app for the iPad. I have the Flickr app that's just called Flickr, for my iPhone, and that's great on the iPhone, but it didn't work so much on the iPad. And Flickr Stacker is really made, or Flick Stacker is really made for the iPad. I just downloaded it yesterday, um, but what I like about it is I can hook up Flickr and Instagram and um, Picasso web albums, although it's been so long since I've used those, I'm not even sure I remember my username anymore. Um, and I think Facebook photos, you can, you can put a bunch of your photo accounts into Flickstacker so you can look at them all at once. Um, and then there's various ways you can group and categorize and stuff. I haven't spent the time to, to look at that yet. Um, but what I'm trying to do between Feedly and Flickrstack, Flickstacker, Flickstacker, <laughs> whatever it's called, <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to get be a better cyber neighbor. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> if you can put it in, you know, those sort of um, Mr. Rogers terms. I have really slacked off on commenting on blogs. I read, I'm reading your blogs, everybody. <laughs> I really am. I just haven't been commenting. I haven't been commenting on other podcasters' episodes, even though I've been listening. I really have, I promise. Um, and I feel badly about that because I do know, you know, I know how much I really appreciate getting comments and I really want to be commenting for you. The problem is I've got to, you know, expedite my time as we all do. Um, and so I'm trying to find those apps that will kind of pull a bunch of stuff in all in one place so I can very quickly kind of go through and and be a good neighbor in a very efficient way. <laughs> okay, somehow that really sounded very introverted. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be a good neighbor, but I'm going to do it for a very short period of time. <laughs> okay, I will. I'm sorry pull it back together. Um, what else do I have to talk about? Oh, fabric dyeing. Um, I did finally post all the pictures last week of my recent, my more recent fabric dyeing experiments. I really loved the results of the low water immersion dyeing. Um, I tested out some other methods of dyeing and you'll see the pictures up there and I talked about the other things I did that didn't work so well, but 
you know, I don't look at any of this. I, I call some of them my rejects, but they're really not rejects. I'm not throwing any of this stuff out because there's always over dyeing, there's rust dyeing, there's other things I can do with those ones that didn't turn out well to see if I can, you know, make something really interesting out of them. Um, and then of course, now that I'm fusing, all I have to do is cut them into really, really tiny pieces so you don't even really see that the colors turned out really nasty and awful. Because, <laughs> you know, somewhere on some project, I really probably will need that vomit green color. <laughs> but, okay, back to what I was talking about. Um, I had planned on doing some more dyeing this weekend, especially I had seen, I think it was on a blog, but it was related to a Quilting Arts article um, from a couple of issues back that I was rechecking the other day. Um, and it's, she calls it ice, ice parfait dying. Oh, and I'm sorry, I didn't write down the name of the blog. I'd have to go back and look at it again. If I remember, if I actually do get to do this in the next couple of weeks, I'll definitely link to her blog, etc. Um, but basically she uses kind of a, a tall, narrow canister, like a, a vase or something. And then she layers, um, the fabric and ice and dye powder, in a, a particular way so that it all kind of bleeds through onto each other and gets some really cool results. So that's the next thing I kind of want to play with um, because it's it's basically all the same supplies I've already got. I'm really trying to avoid um, breaking out and buying whole different kinds of dyes to do whole kind of different kinds of things. Although I'm going to be getting there soon because next Sunday I'm taking a fabric marbling class and I know that takes a different kind of dye so I'm sure I'm going to end up addicted to that too. But I am really getting into this dyeing thing. It is so much fun for me to sit here and think, okay, I really want to try to get a, make some kind of taupe grays. Now, who'd have thought that would be a color you'd want to create? But for me, that's sort of the chemistry. What colors do I need to mix together to get the, you know, kind of the color that's in my head? So I'm going to have fun with that. The problem is, yes, I ran out of soda ash. And I know there are people in parts of the country right now that find it hard to believe, but you know what? Pool supply stores just aren't open this time of year around here. And that's where most people get soda, soda ashes from pool supply stores. They're just not open. And those stores, you know, like the big box stores, the Home Depots, the Lowe's, I've looked at them and I've gone to them and I've said, are you carrying pool supplies at this time of year? Are you carrying soda ash? And this one guy said, oh, well, you know, people have hot tubs and I think they use that in hot tubs. So let's go look. And we went and scoured the store. Nope, it wasn't there. Um, so I ended up ordering on from Dharma Trading, which is fine. Their prices are great. Soda ash is not expensive. And in fact, it was cheaper at Dharma Trading than what I had seen listed at a pool supply store online. Um, however, shipping is a bear. <laughs> because this stuff is heavy. So what I ended up doing, of course, was throwing a bunch of more stuff in my shopping cart from Dharma to make the shipping worth the time. Um, I did need some more PFD fabrics. I wanted to get some more of that. Um, and now I don't remember. I kept putting into my cart and then taking it back out again some Dynaflow uh, paints, fabric dyes, because I really want to do some other techniques. But like I said, I don't want to start buying all these other supplies, but they had them cheap. I, I, now I don't remember if those ended up in the cart or not. But um, of course, once I had already placed the order and sent it to my credit card and everything, um, people on Twitter started chiming in with other places I could have looked. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. You're about half an hour too late. But now I will um, know those other places to look when I run out of this. And I actually was saying on Twitter that once the pool supply store is open, I'm just going to buy a big old bucket of the stuff and stick it in the garage. On the other hand, if it really is more expensive at the pool supply store than it is at Dharma, I'm going to have to do the math as to, even with shipping, might it be cheaper at Dharma? I just, I have to look at that. Um, anyway, I did, you know, I talked about my fabric dye kind of rejects that aren't really rejects. My design study group met last week, and I was the one leading the session. We rotate off who leads it, which is a wonderful way, by the way, to do a group. Um, and this was my week, and we were on the very last chapter of the Lorraine Torrance book, um, Fearless Design, for quilters, something like that. Fearless Design is the name of the book. And the last chapter is, it's called something about working with pattern, or designing and working with pattern, or something like that. And basically what it... What it is, is creating your own fabric. She talks about stamping and painting and, and various other techniques. 
that you create your own fabric that then you use to make a quilt. And so I brought in a bunch of my hand dyes to talk about and some of the resists I had used and that kind of thing. And, and then um, I also talked about other ways we could make fabric, you know, crumb blocks, string blocks, that's making your own fabric. I had gotten permission from Jay of Art Quilt Maker to um, print off pictures of her Jelly Roll Race Quilt. If any of you follow her blog, you might remember this maybe a year ago. Jay, I don't exactly remember now when it was. I didn't print off the whole blog, just the, the picture of the, the Jelly Roll Race Quilt and then what you did with it. Jay just had a moment of brilliance. She has a lot of moments of brilliance. This one, for some reason, particularly stuck in my head. She had done a Jelly Roll Race Quilt. Um, for those of you who have never heard it, also known as the 1600 quilt, um, which I believe has to do with the fact that it's 1600 continuous inches by the time you sew all the strips of the jelly roll together. But I've never made one. I've seen them made, or I've seen them on blogs. Um, I am not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I've never made one, but I've seen it on the internet. Um, you, I think you basically sew all the strips of a jelly roll together end to end, and then it's a, the way you kind of sew them back together and cut them and sew them back together and you eventually end up with this quilt quilt top and she didn't like the way hers turned out so she cut diamonds she she just laid out that the strips of fabric i mean she had sewn them all together she laid out the top she had ended up with and then she cut diamonds out of it and then put white sashing between it and it's just the end result is beautiful loved it um, so I use that as an example of how to make new fabric as you sew a jelly roll together and then you cut other shapes out of it I had also gotten permission from Sandy of Quilt Cabana, Sandy Colwell, to download a picture from her blog of some sashiko she has been doing. Sashiko? Sashiko? I'm not sure where you put the emphasis on the syllable there. Um, I've done some sashiko as well, although I had done a printed design of dolphins. I had not done the kind of traditional pattern, which I would like to do. Um, but I had talked with the, the guild, or with my design study group about you create pattern through hand stitching as well and you could create a new piece of fabric by hand stitching a design on something and then you know using it in a block as well and then i i brought some of my hand dyed uh, rejects the ones that i had slated for over dyeing and i i just let people choose one that they wanted to do and i had brought my paint sticks i had brought some um ink pens and then i had brought some uh, embroidery thread and stuff for them to do sashiko stitch, stitching if they wanted to and just at the end of the session everybody just took some stuff and they started playing with it I took um, and one of the the fabrics that I had considered kind of a reject I hadn't really liked the way the colors had blended and um, Lori from the group had taken it and used a stencil and used an, a, an, a paint stick pen and the way she, the colors she chose just really made that background glow. So, you know, it, it just goes to show that there really is no ugly fabric. It just depends on what you do with it. You know, you can, you can make it work uh, regardless. So um, I took pictures of what everybody did. Everybody was doing some really pretty cool stuff and everybody was doing different stuff. That was the fun thing. Everybody tried something different. Um, so I'm going to be posting pictures from that on my blog sometime this week. Um, so that's kind of all I've had going on. I do want to do a little bit of listener feedback, um, which because it's been a while, I do actually have a lot of feedback, but I don't necessarily, I'm going to be thanking a lot of people by name, not necessarily responding exactly to their um, post. And I'm going to do this by topic rather than date, so it might jump around a little bit. Um, June had asked me when I posted early on that I was moving my blog and I had actually talked about moving it to wordpress.com and I I changed that I didn't end up doing it um, but she kind of wanted to know um, she said I don't know if this is the fault of blogger or wordpress but when I leave a comment on a blog blogspot.com my comment posts as a no reply blogger and she couldn't figure out how to change this um, just google whenever you can't figure something out google it and you'll be surprised how much information is out there um, I did Google quickly, and I got back to June to let her know what I had found on it. I found an article about doing it, and it's basically how you've got your own profile set up. Um, so you need to go back in and figure out your own profile. But if you Google no reply blogger, um, you'll actually get answers to questions like that. So that was the reason I wanted to highlight that. Um, hopefully, June, you've been able to fix that issue now. Um, oh, and I did even save... 
the the link I found was anyone can decorate.blogspot.com. They had posted, are you no reply blogger how to fix? Um, if I remember to, I will post the link to that in the show notes. Not sure I'll remember to. Um, okay, yes, I did have a couple of people who let me know that they were having problems with Facebook, and that's what made me move the blog. Uh, Tori had sent me the picture of her um, ancestor that I had taken into the uh, St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans. Um, but she did say she was not the person who recommended the Bayou Tour since snakes freak her out. So I'm sorry, whoever did recommend the, the Bayou Tour, thank you very much. I really appreciated that. Um, let's see. Sarah from Sarah's Gift and Ship um, sent me an email to say, as the owner of a small business with no staff, I've found little time to quilt in the past few years. I stumbled upon your podcast when looking for quilting podcasts last fall. Since I own a toy store slash shipping store, think FAO Schwartz meets UPS in a small town, I didn't have much time to quilt this fall. However, I did my quilts resolutions with you, and I have found my resolution word of reward has really helped to remind me of why I quilt, that I deserve to take a little time, and that it's good to take me time. I've finished two quilts this year, and I'm actively working toward my goal of finishing six quilts in the year. Thought you'd like to know about the good you've done for me. And, and Sarah and I then had a, a subsequent email um, back and forth where I asked for her permission to share that, which she was happy to do. And I wanted to share it, especially not only to say thank you, Sarah, so much for letting me know that, um, but also for the rest of you, if you were some that made the quilt resolutions word, this would be a good time. We're about a quarter of the way through the year right now. Think about your word again and think about, are you living it out or do you need to remind yourself of it again? My word was play. And now that I'm back to the, the Laura Wazilowski fusing thing, I am definitely playing. So that's it. I'd kind of moved away from that a little bit. Now I'm back to it and it feels really good. So think again about the resolutions, particularly your word that you made. And hopefully you're living it out and you're having a great time. I did want to give a little bit of a shout out to Carol, who was the very first official subscriber to my blog feed through MailChimp. She's getting it by email. Um, so I immediately emailed her and said, gold star. And then also, you know, said, let me know how it goes. Because, you know, that's, again, one of those things you can't really test out until you've got it set up and, and working. Um, but I do subscribe to my own blog so I can see how I get it. And it seems to be going okay. So thank you so much to Carol. And then Meredith and Joyce and Noni and uh, Redeem Sheep, who all have subscribed to the blog by email. So thank you for taking a chance and being willing to help me test that out. Um, thank you to Quilton Jenny and Gretchen and Amy and Amy again. <laughs> Left a couple of comments in a row. Um, for testing out. They were some of the very first ones that went to my new blog um, to check it out. Had a little bit of problems here and there, but I think we got them all fixed. So thank you to everybody for helping me test it out. Um, my sister Diane try, is trying to lay claim on my paper piecing blocks with a quilt when it's done. And no, you are not getting it. I'm keeping that one. Um, thanks again to Carol and Margaret. Okay, Margaret in her comment, um, said she is concerned about Blogger. She's been there and she's she's worried about whether Blogger is going to go away. And I really don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. I think there's far too many people who use it. And, uh, you know, I think Google knows better, I would hope, by the way. Um, but Margaret says, I dislike following by email because it means I have to go look up the blog whenever I get an email post that the blog's been updated. And that's not actually how the email subscription works is really dependent on how the blogger themselves has set it up um, or what they're allowed to set up on their blog. Mine, like I said earlier, you get the whole blog in the email. And I did that partly because of Margaret, because of your comment. I wanted to make sure that if somebody subscribes by email, they can read the whole blog right in their email. I subscribe to other blogs by email and, and that's very nice to be able to just kind of skim through them in email and then I can decide. They always have a link at the bottom. Do I then want to go to the website or not? Um, the only problem with subscribing by email, folks, is uh, you may not remember to comment. So just keep that up. Um, and Margaret also asked whether 
Uh, the Blogger dashboard is going to continue when you follow through Blogger, whether when Google Reader goes away, um, whether Google and Blogger are intertwined. Google owns Blogger, but as far as I know, because Google Reader is going away, it's not going to affect that Blogger dashboard, so you shouldn't have a problem. I don't know that for sure. Um, and then she also wants to know if there's a way to pause the slideshow and have a good look um, at the pictures on my photo. And she says, on my monitor, it's a bit jerky, which that depends on your internet connection. On mine, it goes very smoothly. Um, I honestly will have to go back and double check how to pause. There, There is, you can control it to a certain degree, the gallery or the slideshow, but I haven't used either of them enough to be able to sit here right now and give you um, specific directions. And she also reads Deborah Crombie. And she gave me another suggestion of another writer I want to try. Okay. Oh, thank you again to Quilt and Jenny. She had said um, this was on my photos from New Orleans. She had never seen the statue of the weeping angel before. Um, that is actually inside a um, mausoleum in the graveyard. And it was just beautiful. Apparently it's it's fairly famous. It's been on a lot of postcards and things. Um, I had not seen it before, but it is a beautiful statue. And if you have not seen the pictures and you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to my blog because they're in there. Um, my sister Diane again added to my stories about GJ, the parakeet, and said he used to bite her on the neck and she dislikes, disliked him for it. And it put her off parakeets forever after, but she loved her finches. Yes, my family traumatized by parakeets. Um, thank you to Lori for her comment on my blog as well. Um, and I had a very interesting email exchange with Jean, who agreed she lives in the Upper Peninsula of M Michigan, so she also deals with uh, seasonal affective disorder. Um, and she says, as a woman who loves words and a good sentence, a good paragraph and flow of ideas, I offer you a word from the medical world that you might like, hypomania a term that might describe your emergence from the grip of SAD. My personal experience um, using light as a therapy is helpful, but it doesn't bring her the sense of wellness she experienced in longer days with the sun at a more direct angle. Yes, it's definitely a pale substitute, but it's better than nothing. Um, but she says, I do sometimes search for a word to label really feeling good, all caps, as I do with more sunlight, and I guess I feel almost hypomanic. And I mean it in a relative sense, not a pathological sense. And I agree with that. On days when I'm finally seeing the sun, it is. It's like this, I can't even hold the energy in me. You just sort of go into overdrive. And so I told her hypomanic was a great word, and I think I'm going to keep using it. Thank you so much to AJ, Nitty AJ, whose podcast we miss, we hope. She will come back to us and talk to us again. But she did say, I'm an enabler. She has now, after listening to my last episode, she has now switched to Feedly, signed up for WordPress, and enrolled in Laura Wasilowski's class. So AJ, all I can say is send me chocolate, send me money, um, and then you have to start podcasting again, because apparently you just do whatever I tell you to do. So, so those, that's my wish list at the moment. Um, oh, and there's again Margaret, thank you, and Maureen, thank you, and Carol. Uh, landscape lady. Thank you so much. She she uh, stopped using evil Facebook when she felt them getting too much into her life and sharing every little bit of her personal stuff. Um, and my friends with the world for profit and Facebook world domination. It, it really, you know, I don't actually have a problem with Facebook. I used Facebook quite happily for years. I'm not on it quite as much as I used to be now. now those of you who have joined, liked the Quilting for the Rest of Us Facebook page know that well. Um, but it does get a little annoying that you really can't go anywhere or do anything anymore without being asked to log into Facebook. So that's why I got ticked at Podbean and left. Um, thank you to Jay. Oh, wow, that's a really old comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you to Jay for commenting back in February. And I've already talked about that one. I don't know why it's still sitting in there. Thank you to Jay for being Jay. Um, thank you to Kati for um, commenting on... A few more finishes. I'm trying to remember that might be a really old one too, but it doesn't say it is. Let's see. Oh, and I did a 30 questions Thursday. I finally finished 30 questions Thursday and Carol said thank you. And Landscape Lady said she had never heard of Elizabeth Cady Stanton. So hopefully you know 
her now. She is one of my sheroes. Um, um, Jackie of So Excited Quilts had also commented when I was talking about, um, well, actually, she was talking about an older podcast episode, or my last podcast episode on a different blog post. But she says, one word came to mind when you were at a loss of what adjective to put to your quilting experience and turning point. As I was listening, I reflected on my quilting patterns and the emotions I might be feeling in the living out of my life. Cleansing. That might not be the word you would choose, but when I dug deep and pushed back the superficial layers, that's what came to mind for me. I know I tend to organize clean purge when I am stressed, depressed, overwhelmed as a way of ordering my world. It is so evident that my office will ask me if I'm okay if I start going through the drawers, files, etc. and organize clean and purge. While I tend to do that somewhat in my sewing studio, I'm more apt to do just a little organizing, enough to take inventory of where I am with each project, and then furiously work to finish those projects that I can, starting with the easiest first. Crafty Garden Mom's Flickr group has been helpful in keeping me focused this year. And so, yeah, that's definitely part of it, too. I definitely organize Clean Purge. And whenever I finish a project, I immediately try to get it put away um, as a way of tying up those loose ends. So that's definitely a part of that, too. Um, it was nice having communication with Celia, a listener, because I commented on her blog. I told you, I'm going to try to get better. <laughs> and she got back to me, so I appreciated that. Um, and Francine as well, I had commented on her blog, and she got back to me too. So that was nice. And she also really likes Feedly. And, oh, Jay really loved one of my hand dyes. And, oh, and one more. Um, Lynn, I guess I had commented on her podcast or on, I'm sorry not her podcast she doesn't podcast Lynn she could but she doesn't uh, I commented on her blog and she sent a message back um, she had a very neat border on a very simple quilt it was pretty cool so make sure you go to Lynn's blog as well so thank you everybody for your comments and um, hopefully things in the technological life of quilting for the rest of us have now sorted themselves out and we should be more or less smooth sailing from here. And I think that's really it for this episode. So happy Easter if you celebrate Easter tomorrow. Happy spring if you don't celebrate Easter. Happy Saturday if you live where it's not spring or if you haven't seen sufficient evidence of spring yet. <coughs> Carolyn, happy whatever day it might happen to be if you're listening to this in the time warp of, you know, Podcastville where all episodes are timeless anyway. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. That has not changed. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads. You can like us um, on Facebook, Quilting for the Rest of Us. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. You can join the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup and then the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup. And you can find me on Thread Bias, Craftsy, and a few other places and join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team. And you can find links for a lot of that, but not necessarily all of it anymore, at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And I will try to remember to link up the rest of it <laughs> fairly soon. All these details. All these details. Until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.